the Public News Service Daily Newscast, February the 6th, 2023. I'm Mike Clifford. First to Kansas City, where they've offered completely free public transit since COVID hit in 2020, and its streetcar has been free since it began operating in the year 2016. Tom Garand with the Kansas City Streetcar Authority says the streetcar uses a revenue capture district funding system, which is not very common in U.S. cities. It relies on additional taxes for properties and businesses closest to the streetcar route. Garand says once the streetcar was up and running, those impacted had zero concern about the extra fees. He adds that an analysis completed during the planning stages indicated that about 30% more people would use the streetcar if it were free. More people are going to ride. Those riders are going to buy things, and we're going to collect an indirect fare on the sales tax resulting from their economic activity, and that benefits local business on the alignment and ultimately our bottom line that makes the system easier to use. The free streetcar success contributed to Kansas City making all public transportation free during the early days of COVID. Ridership is back to around 80% of pre-pandemic levels, and some city officials hope to make the free bus fare, which is scheduled to sunset this year, permanent. The streetcar is undergoing an expansion that will triple its coverage, and officials are committed to a permanent fare-free policy. I'm Deborah Van Fleet. This story produced with original reporting from Jared Bray for Governing.com. Once the streetcar expansion is complete, plans are it will run through the city's most densely populated area and reach the second largest employment center. And a large farmer-led coalition is organizing to ensure the 2023 Farm Bill prioritizes the needs of smaller, sustainable farms over large agribusiness operations. The Farm Bill is renewed every five years and governs an array of food and agricultural programs such as crop insurance, nutrition assistance, rural development, research, and more. Gene Jonas of Hungry Bear Farm in Wilton says too much government funding goes toward grain production to feed corporate livestock, which can devastate local water resources. The world would be a better place if we had more farms like us all around the country feeding our communities rather than money's going out of the communities supporting big, big agribusinesses that are basically helping to destroy the planet in so many ways. A Farm Action survey finds 78% of Americans want federal farm funding to prioritize food for people over feed for livestock. The Farm Bill expires in September and revisions to the bill are currently underway. I'm Catherine Carley reporting. Navy divers were searching for debris from the Chinese spy balloon a U.S. fighter jet shot down off the coast of South Carolina, defense officials said on Sunday. The New York Times reports that as the fallout from the dramatic confrontation between the world's two great superpowers showed no signs of easing. This is Public News Service. For more than two decades, a workforce development program in El Paso has invested in the economically disadvantaged to help them attain the education and job skills needed to earn higher wages. Project Ariba, Advanced Training and Redevelopment Initiative in Border Areas, connects residents of low-income neighborhoods with resources that can prepare them for higher education and job training. President and CEO Roman Ortiz says Ariba promotes living wage jobs that help residents stay in the El Paso area. In order to be able to get a good career, you're going to need post-secondary success, either at the community college level or higher, in order to be able to get into better paying jobs. In December, the El Paso County Commissioners awarded Project Ariba a 20-month contract worth $1 million in American Rescue Plan funds. I'm Roz Brown. 
In your report, ask lawmakers and regulators to look at why some unsafe products aren't recalled sooner and what can be done to get them off the market quickly to keep people safe. The report analyzed more than 3,600 complaints filed last year and 292 recalls by the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Some 22% involved injuries or death. Teresa Murray with the Arizona Perg Education Fund says it can sometimes take weeks or months for a recall to be issued. She says it's clear the CPSC has too many legal hoops to jump through before it can make product information public. The whole problem here is that the Consumer Product Safety Commission doesn't have the authority to do its job to protect consumers. It's supposed to protect consumers. It doesn't have the authority to do it in the ways that you and I would think. I'm Alex Gonzalez reporting. Finally, our Edwin Javier lets us know while controversy rages about the College Board's AP African American Studies course, black students in a new survey say they want a more inclusive curriculum. In the survey by Youth Truth, black students said they feel learning about black American or African history can be a guiding factor for them to pursue higher education. But many history classes don't cover much about black America, and lawmakers in multiple states aim to keep it that way, enacting laws that limit discussion on race and gender studies. Trevor Patton with Youth Truth says there are steps school districts can take to implement a more inclusive curriculum. I think it starts by just having the conversation, right? Looking and examining the existing curriculum. Students have even noticed that there's a separation and ask for additional funding for extra classes. This is Mike Clifford. Thank you for starting your week with Public News Service. Member and listener supported. Here are some great radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.